Hallelujah. Turn with me, if you would, to uh, Colossians chapter 3, and you say, why are you doing that? And you said, we're going to do Proverbs, and we're going to get into Proverbs, but I'm gonna, I know you don't have it. Don't worry about it. This is an add-on, compliments of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we're going to turn the lights up now. Hallelujah. Dave's back there going up, down, up, down. Pastor, what do you want? Come on now, you're confusing me. People, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Come on, somebody smile a little bit today. Come on. I don't think so. Caleb thought maybe y'all were a little nervous about tomorrow night. Hallelujah. Listen, there's 123 other teams that would like to be where the Buckeyes are on tomorrow evening. Hallelujah. In verse 17, uh, the... the uh, Colossians tells us in chapter 3 uh, some keen insight about working. My three things that I want to talk to you about today from the Proverbs, which are going to be Reader's Digest abbreviated versions now, because point one was already made. Amen. We need to learn how to worship God. Yeah. And worshiping God brings us into a whole other plateau. It's proven. I mean, it's proven in, in, in Gallup polls. It's proven in science, but more than that, you know it. It's proven to you spiritually that when you are in that place of worshiping God and it's just you and the Lord, man, there's such a peace that comes. The second thing that the Proverbs shows us is that we need to be good workers. Everybody say work, hallelujah. See, work is not a bad thing. Work is something that God does to bless us. And the third thing I want to talk to you about today is generosity. Because we are not just working for no reason. We're working so that uh, God blesses us, brings provision to us. And our God, when we work and do things His way, He not only gives us enough provision, but when you budget correctly and you don't walk in the ways of debt... And I'm going to give you another tip here of something not to do coming up here. When you walk in the precepts of God's word, there is a wealth that collects in you that enables you to be generous in somebody else. Now, generosity is not just something that comes through finances, amen? How many of you know it's extremely generous to call your children and tell them to go out on a date and you'd be glad to watch their children, amen? Now... Uh, I know, I hear my daughter amening hugely over there, and Tammy's like, thanks, babe, because we're going to be getting three phone calls. <laughs> Luckily, we only need two of those phone calls because the Dunbar kids, they can watch themselves. Amen. Somebody say when your grandkids are old enough to watch themselves, say amen. 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 Woo, that brings joy to your heart. Listen to what the writer, uh, the Apostle Paul says to the church of Colossae, he says, let every activity of your lives and every word that comes out of your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, and bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. Amen? Yeah, I mean, what has Christ done for you? Maybe it's time to do an inventory. Amen? Sometimes we get entrenched into the midst of, of, of what we would call dark moments and we seem to forget everything that God has done for us. 
Sometimes we need to go back and, and, and do that list. Now, move ahead to verse 22 with me, and we're talking about work. Let every employee listen well and follow the instructions of their employer, not just when their employers are watching, and not just in pretense, but faithful in all things. For we are to live our lives with pure hearts in the constant awe and wonder of our Lord God. Now, I know what some of you are thinking right now because you got that boss. Amen. You got that boss. I'm going to tell you what, if I ever went back into the, the work world, I would work at only one place and that would be Diamond Building because Don Pritchard is the most fantastic boss that anyone could ever work for. And I wouldn't care if he just wanted me to clean lots. I would do it because this, this guy is amazing. Amazing. And you know what? God honors that and, and blesses that. Okay, so listen, we're to be faithful in all things. Listen, I had that boss twice. I had that boss twice. And when I started at Rockwell, I, I had a boss that, listen to this, Tammy went into labor on a Friday, and when you work with accounting and payroll, Friday is just the, it's just overtime every week, regardless and I was a supervisor then, and so Tammy went into labor, and I called my boss uh, uh, Friday at noon to tell him that my daughter, my first daughter, is getting ready to be born, and he said, well, what time will you be in? And I said, no, I'm calling to tell you I'm not coming in because my daughter is being born. Did you miss that? And he said, well, what are we supposed to do? You know, it's Friday. And I said, I didn't know when Megan would choose Friday to be born. But I'm not coming in. Bloomp. I had another boss that used to come around the corner and I'd be saying great things about God. And he'd ask me where my old lady worked. It's like, dude, are you kidding me? We're all college-educated people, and you're running into the old lady stuff? And I said, hey, I almost used names. I said, hey, my wife, by the way, does not work outside the home. She raises our children. He goes, well, I know what you make, and I made a lot. He said, how can you live on what you make without your wife working? I said to this guy, I said, look, bro, you are not my provider. God is my provider. Your name is on my paycheck, but God is my provider. And I'll never forget when I got called into ministry and I got to come in and put in my two-week notice that uh, 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 he said, well, where are you going to go work? I said, I'm going to go work at the church. You know, God's my provider. And he said, if you don't mind me asking, how much are they going to pay you? And I said, 60% less than what you're paying me now. And he said, is your old lady going to go to work? <laughs> and I said, no. How many times do I have to tell you, yeah, 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 God's your provider. I've worked for two of those guys. But you know what? It didn't matter who I worked for it was all about who was inside of me. That's all that matters. If we, if we get into every situation, situationally we make it uh, uh, about flesh and flesh and flesh and flesh and flesh and flesh, we miss the concepts of the Bible that says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities. 
How can you come back and, and punch somebody in the nose uh, when they don't even know who God is and what they're saying just comes out of the flesh? You know, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. And listen, that is more pointed now than ever before. This isn't about people, people. This is about principalities. And it's only the grown-ups in Christ are going to realize this whole thing is not about personalities. It's about principalities. And we have to know how to wage those warfares. But when you work, work. Don't show up a half hour late or always ask your boss if you can leave 20 minutes early. You know, do what they've, they've called you to do and do it with joy in your heart. The Bible says, put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you are doing it for who? The Lord himself and not merely for others. For we know uh, that we will receive a reward an inheritance from the Lord as we serve the Lord Yahweh, the anointed one. A disciple, a, listen, a disciple, somebody look at your neighbor and say, are you a disciple? Are you a disciple? A disciple will be repaid for what he has learned and followed. For God pays no attention to titles or prestige of men. Listen, when we begin to work, there's a way that God wants his people to work. He wants us to work with diligence. He wants us to work uh, 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 with, with um, vigor, with excitement. And so turn with me to Proverbs ch chapter 6. Let's go through a few of what the Proverbs say about hard work. Hard work. Proverbs 6, 6. When you're feeling lazy... Come and learn a lesson from the, this tale of the tiny ant. Yes, all you lazy bones, come and learn an example from the ant and enter into, his, enter into wisdom. How many of you have ever been at a park eating a, at, doing a picnic and you've seen an ant carry away about half of a Lay's potato chip? <laughs> I mean, you're like... Dude, first of all, you're like, bring it back. I don't know how that lays got on the ground, but I'm sure the five-second rule still applies. But, and then you come to the place where you just look at that thing. You look at this ant, and it looks like he's carrying the, uh, something in, like a, the wing of a 737. He's got this giant uh, potato chip. It's like, how are you doing that? And then you look around long enough, and his buddies have a part of a grape, and another guy's got a bite of a hamburger, and all these guys are toting off from your picnic uh, something that weighs about 50 times what their weight is. Why? Because God has given the ant the ability to carry the weight. Carry the weight. So that's why the Bible says, look at the ant. The ants have no chief, no boss, no manager. No one has to tell them what to do. Wow. You know the best employee that you can ever have or ever be, and I've been both, I've had and been, is the employee that you never have to wonder what they're doing because you always know they're doing what they're supposed to do. Amen? Oh, it's, it's a dream. It's a dream to work at Redeemers and to have the staff that we have. They're all amazing. I never sit around and wonder, what are they doing today? 
I'm going to make them punch a time card. If I made them punch a time card, you'd have to pay them double. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? Can I get a witness? Huh? You'll see them working and toiling all summer long, stockpiling their food in preparation for wisdom. Verse 9 says, so wake up, sleepyhead. How long will you lie there? When will you wake up and get out of bed? If you keep nodding off and thinking, I'll do it later, or say uh, to yourself, I'll just sit back a while and take it easy, just watch how the future unfolds. By making excuses, you'll learn what it means to go without. To go without. Listen to this. Poverty will pounce on you like a bandit and move in as your roommate in life. Come on now. Listen, God is saying, look, the, the more you put your hand to the plow, the more uh, uh, blessings that you'll receive. But what it's saying here is, is when you work diligently, that poverty cannot come in and be your roommate. Amen? How many of you uh, like that for uh, uh, opening volley today? Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 14. Let's look at Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14 and verse 23 says, If you work hard at what you do, great abundance will come to you. But merely talking about getting rich while living to only pursue your pleasures brings you face to face with poverty. Don't be just a, 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 a hearer of the word. Be a doer as well. The true net worth of the wise is the wealth that wisdom imparts. Ooh. Let, let, me, let me read that again. I didn't hear anyone say ooh, because that, that is so good. Can I get an ooh? Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. Verse 24. Ooh, see, la, 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 la. True net worth of the wise is the wealth that wisdom imparts. Do you have that picture? Did we ever, did you do a miracle, Maddie? You're the best. Okay, I'm going to show you a picture here. And this is going to, let me read that scripture again. Okay, 24. True net worth of the wise is the wealth that wisdom imparts. Okay, what this is, is I went on 71 this summer down toward Kings Island, and I took a picture of a cornfield. Isn't that amazing? That cornfield there, that how, much, how tight it is, how much corn there is there? That's not true. That is a picture I just got from Burundi. And this is a pastor in Gatega who uh, is an amazing person, first of all. He came to our end-to-end our -end training, and uh, the first thing that he did was took it back to the city of Gatega, and there's 22 pastors that are a part of this school. There's 30 in one branch, 35 in another. When and if we ever get there in February, that's a whole different story. My gosh, has this been a week. But anyway... That's all in God's hands. Uh, so he went back and, and got the whole city involved. Not only did he get the city involved, they developed a whole ministry around the schools. It's called the Samuel's, Samuel generation. 
I have pictures of all kinds of things they've done together. Because why? God commands a blessing and unity. That's what the Bible says. Correct or not? Am I lying? Yeah. No, I'm not lying. Now look, this field here is uh, their summer season, they, which is hard to grow because it's so dry. But Pastor Nepo took the teaching from uh, the community development course that taught him how to grow I got three videos, too, with him standing in the middle of that field, and that corn's over his head. Now, Pastor Rick, you, you were in Kenya, you were in Burundi, you were in those places. Do you recognize, do you, have you ever seen a cornfield? No, they're about stalks that are about four feet apart. Look at that. It's crazy. You know what happens? Now, I got another tip for you. There, no John Deere tractor came rolling in. Is, am I lying? Uh, Duncan, am I telling the truth? No John Deere tractor rolled into that two-acre field. Okay? So, Tammy, how do those two-acre fields get plowed up? And women, let me see how, let me show you, see your muscles. Because women carry a hoe and a plow handle around with them all day long. And that, so, hands turned up that field, hard work, there was no ant, there was no slumber, and wisdom brought them into a field of corn that you would never see anywhere else in that nation. Hard work and wisdom. Hard work and wisdom. Hard work and wisdom. Mm, 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 mm. Hard work and wisdom. The true net worth of the wise is the wealth that wisdom imparts. You know, it's critical for young people to begin to set aside 20, 25, $30 every week when they're in their 20s, because when they set that money in an in interest-bearing account, by the time they're old like me, if you'll do that and be faithful to it, you will be close to having a million dollars. Mike, am I, am I telling the truth? Did you see my little line about peanuts and cashews? I gave you props last week. Anyway, right in the middle of the message. Wisdom says that you cannot get time back. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can take 50 bucks a week now and, and turn it into a million at 59, but you can't do that when you, if you start at 35. You can't do that if you start at 45. But if you start at 25, wisdom says that you will get the benefit of time. Time is on your side when you do the things that God has called you to do and given you the wisdom to do. Now, turn with me. I'm going I'm to switch gears here. Maddie, go to Proverbs chapter 6. And I told you I had a couple tips for you today. It cannot be 1124. It cannot be January 10th. There cannot only be 355 days left in 2021. We need, we need wisdom, don't we? How many of you realize the older you get, the faster it goes? We need wisdom to handle each day so that we make the right decisions. Here's... Here's a big help for all of you who are watching and for all of you who are in the sanctuary. 
My son, if you co-sign a loan for an acquaintance and guarantee, huh? and guarantee his debt, on uh, um, Proverbs 6, you'll be sorry that you ever did it. Amen. You'll be sorry that you ever did it. Listen to this. You'll be trapped by your promise and legally bound by the agreement. So listen carefully to my advice. Quickly get out of it if you possibly can. Swallow your pride. Get over your embarrassment. Go tell your friend you want your name off the contract. Don't put it off and don't rest until it gets done. Rescue yourself from future pain and be free from it once and for all. So you'll be relieved that you did. When you sign your name on someone else's loan, it no longer becomes their loan. It's not their loan because they can't afford it in the first place. And when you sign on a document and they fail to make a payment, they don't send a letter to them, they send a letter to you the co-signer, because they know you're the only one that really can afford what that person has. And, then they call you. and they call you, and they call you, and they call you. And when you don't answer, they change the little number because you think it's, and then daggone, they trick you to answering. Listen, delayed satisfaction teaches people more than getting everything you want when you want it. When you have to work to get what you want, you, you, not only, uh, you not only appreciate the process, but you take so much better care of that thing that you finally have. Why would you work all your diligent hours and then be responsible for someone else's debt? Okay, I knew the house would grow very silent at this moment, but I'm trying to help you. When your son or daughter or your daughter comes to you with those sheepish eyes, and those ones that daddies you can't reject, turn your head and run. <laughs> turn your head and run. Proverbs 22, 26 and 7 says about the same thing says this it says why would you ever guarantee a loan for someone else or promise to be responsible for his debt if for if you fail to pay you 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 lose your shirt their credit rating is not going to go down it already is or somebody would have gave them the money now it's your credit rating on the line so you're somebody who probably appreciates your credit rating, so you take a deep breath and you start making that payment. And then every day you go to work, you figure out how many hours I'm working to pay someone else's debt. Don't do it. I didn't make this up. God is the one who talked about not co-signing. Turn with me to Proverbs 12, 24. Proverbs 12. And I'm skipping a bunch of scriptures here because the Proverbs are full of these scriptures. Okay, Proverbs 12, 
Are y'all okay now? We made it through the co-signing thing. You're all not going <laughs> to... You're not going to dislike me, disown me. Because I feel it. Trust me, I feel it. And it's just the way it goes. I mean, too many pastors are standing by the, behind their pulpits refusing to speak truth, and it's hurting their parishioners. Right. Proverbs 12, 24. If you want to reign in life, don't sit on your hands. Instead, work hard at doing what's right. For the slacker will end up working to make someone else succeed. Okay, I'm going to skip ahead in this like uh, they used to do on WOSU. How many of you remember back in the 70s when you could watch the Buckeyes game at midnight on WOSU? I know, there's like, I, I'm shocked at how many people don't remember that. Probably because it was on at midnight, but my brother and I were up. We move forward in the action, and then they would move you forward. Well, we're going to move forward in the action. Uh, let's look at Proverbs 21, and then we're going to just transition into my last point real quickly, so everybody just take a deep breath. It's all good. Proverbs 21.5 says, Brilliant ideas pay off and bring you prosperity, but making hasty, impatient decisions will only lead to financial loss. When you are in the place of purchasing something and somebody tells you that this deal will not be here tomorrow, get up and leave. Get up and leave. That's your, that's your sign. Yeah, that's your sign that something's not right with this deal. Listen, I guarantee you that they'll call you tomorrow and offer you the same deal but then you're in control and you tell them that deal is no longer good for you or me and I want even less, I want to pay even less for what you're offering me. You got to remain in control. The best way to remain in control is what Dave Ramsey says is cash is king. When you go in to purchase something and you have the cash for it and you're not relying on any credit, you are in control of the deal. Trust me, you're in control of the deal. Now, uh, go on uh, to verse 25 and 6. Taking the easy way out is the habit of a lazy man and it will be his downfall. All day long he thinks about the things that what? He craves. How many of you have had the ticket? I think the Powerball is going to be over 600 million. How many of you don't even like, I ain't going to make you show hands because I know the truth. How many of all have said, if I won the Powerball on Monday, I would be in as big a mess as everyone else who has won it before you? $600 million destroys people's lives. I mean, people who win that kind of money, I mean, I know some of you are like, I'd like to give a shot at being destroyed. <laughs> Do you realize how many relatives come out of the woodwork when you win that kind of money? Do you realize that most of the people that win those kind of prizes have to move and, and live a life in seclusion? Don't be trapped into something that looks good. If God wanted us to win 
the Powerball every Monday, he'd give us the numbers. Amen? Do you not think he knows the numbers? Now listen to me, okay? All day long, he thinks, <laughs> listen, the Proverbs are amazing, aren't they? Come on, at least one person agree with me. Judy, come on, help me out here. Okay, good, all right. Uh, I love laughing in church. There's nothing better than laughing in church, especially when someone's faces aren't too happy. Anyway, all day long, listen, when you're not working, the, it, the, isn't this true? All day long, you sit around and think about the things you crave. Man, if I had an extra 20 bucks, I'd order a pizza. Or I can call my dad and have him seriously. For he hasn't learned the secrets, listen, that the generous man has learned. Extravagant giving never leads to poverty. Mm. Extravagant giving never leads to poverty. So, I just want to end this message with this. The Bible says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I, I went to breakfast with a friend of mine just a week ago, and I know this guy deliberately has a stack of $20 bills in his wallet to give them away. And when we were at breakfast, this kid that was serving us, Dude, he was, he was doing his best. He was busting his rear end. He was smiling and filling our water almost to the point where it was obnoxious. I mean, this guy was doing the do. And I knew that when, when we got the bill, I knew what was going to happen. Because I know what it's like to be around a generous person. And, and so we did the bill and everything, and we asked him to come back over, and we told him what an amazing job, and we told him, you know, God's going to bless your effort. You keep doing that, and I guarantee you, God's going to bless your effort. And out came that wallet, and boom, out came one of those $20 bills, and, and he gave it to him, and he said, I'm giving you this because I can, and because I want you to be blessed. And so, you know, we gave him a $5 tip and a $20 blessing. Now, you can't tell me that God's not going to, in turn, give that guy even more money to give out because he knows that he's a generous giver. The other day, Tammy and I went to uh, uh, a restaurant. I should probably not say. I'm not going to say. No, Tammy's like gave me the eye. Like, no, she's like, you are not going to say that. Thank you, baby. I love you for those eyes. These eyes, these eyes have never... Anyway, so we went to a restaurant and had a two-hour disastrous experience. I mean, this is a place we go to and a dish that I get there. It was my birthday. Tammy said, where do you want to go? And I said, I want to go to this place and get that dish. So she's like, okay, you know, you're going to have to wait a long time. And I said, I know, but let's do it anyway. So we had a two-hour debacle. I'm not even going to go into all of it, but you could not eat her fish. It was sushi. And you could not eat my, my, my dish because it was like a chainsaw would be needed 
to cut this. It was like unbelievable. And we laughed and we were like, dude, we've been here like an hour and 20 minutes and that wasn't even the beginning of the fun. Can you get your manager? Hey, I don't know, you know, because I, I can't even, I don't even know if I'll be able to find them. And that was the truth. And so 15 minutes later, the manager comes out and she goes, yes, I see your chicken is burnt and that is not good. I said, but you know what? We want to pay for the baked potato and the bread and salad. We ate that. We want to pay for that. And so, you know, it's like, and it's no big deal. We're not upset, you know, blah, blah, blah. So the lady goes away and our waitress comes over. It's 20 minutes later. I said, where's the manager? She said she was going to come back and take care of this for us. And she said, she's in the kitchen cooking. She can't get out. And I'm telling you what, Tammy and I thought that poor girl was going to break down and just cry right in front of us. So she goes, I'm going to go talk to her. 15 minutes later, she comes back out and says, our manager said you're free to go. And by the way, you're the nicest people that we've, you, she's ever met. Thank you so much for, so Tammy goes, well, how much do you tip on zero? And I said, well, we're, you know, so I didn't say this. She said, you know what? I'm going to give her a $10 tip. I'm just going to give, and so the girl comes back over. Tammy gives her a, a $10 tip. She looked like she was going to pass out. Like, you know, I should, be, I should be clubbed here. This has been a horrible experience. I know it's your birthday. And so, you know, generous people don't let the circumstances dictate their generosity. Generous people do not let their circumstances dictate their generosity. God loves a cheerful giver. He's not talking about throwing, I know this has been relegated to the tithing plate, but it's in all things. God loves a cheerful giver. If you, if you would, uh, turn with me to Proverbs 22.9, and we're going to come to an end here. And I, 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 listen, I am trying with everything within me Lord Jesus, I am trying with everything within me to challenge you to trust God 100%. If you read it in the scripture, don't demand an explanation. And if it's something you're not doing it, just do it until you understand it. And what happens is, is God blesses you along the way. And what you, normally happens is, is you say, now I get it. Oh, I'm so excited about the Proverbs. When you are generous to the poor, you are enriched with blessings in return. Turn with me to Proverbs 11. This will be the last scripture I'll read. I promise, but I promise you, this is not, the, this is not even half of what I have down today. Proverbs 11. Okay. Verse 17, a man of kindness, listen, attracts what? Favor. A man of kindness attracts favor, while a cruel, a cruel man attracts nothing but trouble. Evil people may get a short-term gain, but to sow seeds of righteousness will bring a true and lasting reward. A true and lasting reward. Verse 20, the Lord cannot stand the stubborn heart bent toward evil, but he treasures those whose ways are pure. Assault your neighbor and you will certainly be punished, but God will rescue the children of the godly. 
let's go to verse 24. Generosity brings prosperity, but withholding charity brings poverty. Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped on them. And the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated. These are, these are interesting words, aren't they? They'll be saturated with favor. How many of you would say, you know what, Pastor, I'm going to take your challenge. And, and, and the, I, I'm standing already. And you, you, you'll say, you know what, I'm going to read the word differently. I'm going to read the word, and if it says something that I'm not perfected yet, I'm going to do it anyway. How many of you would stand and say, I want to take that challenge? And you can do this in your living room at home. You say, Pastor, I'm going to start reading the word. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't look at your neighbor. Because they'll look at you and say, there's a generous guy. Maybe I can get him to co-sign a loan for me. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I'm so sorry. Help me, Todd. Please. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. So when we are in this realm of thinking about the Proverbs, there's only one way they're going to come to pass in your life, and that's by trusting the Word and obeying what it has to say. Father, I thank you for everyone watching us and everyone in this sanctuary. And I pray, Father, that you would help us to God see the fruit that comes through our lives by working and applying your wisdom to the things that you have given us to do. Bless this time. Bless this word. Let it sink deep inside the hearts of the people. And Father, I just pray, God, that as they walk out the truth of your word, that they would find many blessings through the generosity that they've sown into others. And Father, today I just give you praise in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let me hear you put your hands together for the Lord. God bless you. Have a Proverbs-filled week and be generous.